0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, March the 30th, 2022. It is currently 4:45 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Before we do anything else, just I'm wanna give a reminder to everyone once again because I still get emails asking, well, I can't find this, or where do I get this, or how do I listen to you live? I'm still getting lots of emails asking those questions. So let me just give you, again, the easiest way right now. I mean, there's there's lots of ways to listen to our content. As a podcast, it's available on every podcasting platform in the world. But you know, if you go to those podcasting apps... The, the, all of the content is just like a long list and it's hard to find everything, right? It can be very difficult. It's not organized in a user friendly way. So the easiest way to find all of our content is still download the Church One app, Apple App Store, Google Play, Church One. That's Church O N E. Download the app. Once you download it, you'll have to search for Theology Central. Choose us as your, a, a selected broadcaster. Then basically it becomes the theology central app. All of our content is there. It's broken down into series. That makes it easy. The search function is far better than most podcast apps. I think I think it, it will really help you find anything you're looking for. Um, and you can well listen to us live right there on that app. So um, please consider that. If if you have any questions, email me. And if you're using the Church One app and you've never emailed me, here's the thing with the Church One app. I get statistics about everything, right? I get statistics on uh, how many people are listening, if they're male, if they're female, what what country, I mean, I, what state, I mean, everything. I get statistics about everything pertaining to our live broadcast and our podcast. I get all kinds of statistics. But the one statistic I do not have is I have no idea how many people are using the Church One app. I have no idea unless you tell me that's the only way I know, right? I can look at the number of people listening and get, and I can kind of break it down going, okay, I think most of those are coming from the Church One app, but that doesn't tell me how many people actually have downloaded the Church One app. It's really, yeah, it's really, because it's a generic app. That's why it's very difficult to break down. But if, if you would like to let me know, because we want to know where people, uh, the other night someone said they were listening to us on Google Podcast. Well, that's awesome because that that's one of the, that's down there at the bottom of places people listen to us at. So that's great that someone found us on the Google uh, Podcast app. But if you're using Church One, welcome to the Church One app. family community group. We are, we appreciate that you take the time. You took the time to download the app and hopefully we're giving you plenty of content. All right. But you're not here for all of that, but I just, I just have to get that out of the way because I'm spending too much time trying to answer some of those questions via email. When it's like the church one app, the church one app, the church one app, the church one app. Okay. That's, that's, that's becoming a standard answer now to so many uh, different things. So please, uh, so please, uh, check that out. All right. But we're here to do this. All right. This week, when we're, and if you're brand new, just so that you understand, every week we do a Bible study exercise where we take one passage of scripture and spend the entire week with it. You're given assignments that you can uh, send to me and turn those assignments in to kind of keep you to to just help you stay accountable to getting the work done. You don't have to send them to me. And if you don't send them to me, I don't email you going, hey, where's the assignment? What have you been doing this week? I don't do that. It's not that kind of accountability. It's just for you to send it saying, showing someone that you did it. All right. So if you want to do that, great. You don't have to. There's curriculum. If you want that, it's free. Um, and we spend a week working on a passage of scripture. A lot some, I do some of the teaching and a lot of it I hand to you. And this week we've been looking at John chapter 15, verse 18 to 27 and John chapter 16, verses one through four. And the focus this week is really on the concept of a life of persecution. And I've given you plenty of assignments to work on, on dealing with persecution, I've also done a good portion of the work for you um at uh, the la- the last time we were at church and had an in-person service I think was Sunday was Sunday night um uh, we did uh, I did a good portion of the work for everyone so I've already got you off to a good start it's Wednesday so the week is going to be over before you know it so start work making sure you finish up those assignments but I I this week and, and, and if you just pay attention to everything going on within popular culture right now, you may see why this jumped out at me. This is one of those situations where I'd been reading the text and reading the text and reading the text and reading the text. And all of a sudden, boom, something just jumped out, out, out of the text and hit me. And a, a maybe a complete, I saw it in a, com, a kind of a different way. So let's go back to John chapter 15, right? John chapter 15. And let's read first, just once again, so this will get in your mind. John 15, 18 to 27. John 15, 18 to 27. We read these words. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Now, let's just stop right here. Let's establish a truth. If the world hates you, then at that time, the world is going to do things to you that you may not like. In fact, let me give you a word here. All right. So we have, and I think this is very important. We have the text, John 15, 18. I know we didn't, I said I was going to read all the way down to verse 27 and I stopped, but I think this really builds the point. John 15, 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you as Christians, we have to understand the world is going to hate us. We are going to be hated. And when people hate you, they say and do things to you that you don't like. In fact, they're going to say and do things that may offend you. Let's write down, and I really want you to write this word down, as we as we move to the end of this Bible study exercise this week, maybe we can just kind of add this concept to it. We're talking about a life of persecution, and, and that persecution can come in many shapes and forms, but in many cases, that hatred may lead to an overt persecution, where they're attacking you, trying to destroy you, maybe an overt persecution, but even if it doesn't rise to the level of what you will call persecution— their hatred is still going to be there. And they're gonna say and do things that even though it's not, you may not call it persecution, you're definitely going to feel that hate. And that hate may show up in actions and words that offend you. You may become greatly offended by what they do towards you. And the definition for offended is this. Resentful or annoyed, typically as a result of a perceived insult resentful, annoyed, I think you could say resentful, annoyed, maybe even angered, bothered by a perceived insult or a real insult. You get upset about it. You get, you get offended. Now we watched someone who was greatly offended do something on national television and the whole world has not stopped talking about it. All right? Will Smith Will Smith is at the Oscars with his wife. Chris Rock is hosting a segment in the show. Chris Rock is a comedian. He makes a joke directed towards Will Smith's wife in regards to her hair. Will Smith initially laughs, I don't know if he's just trying to laugh it off because it's uncomfortable, and then he kind of like ha <laughs> and then as he thinks about it, Then he, he seems to get greatly offended, and then he gets up, walks up on the stage, boom, slaps Chris Rock. He was offended, and he responded to that offense. I want you to think about this. The world is going to hate you. That as a result of their hatred, they're going to do things to you. One of the things I wanted everyone to think about this week is when it comes to the Bible and it talks about persecution and, and whenever we see persecution, how are we to respond? Sometimes we want to respond with slapping the person in the face. Sometimes we want to respond with a verbal slap or at least with a, there's a, there's a bitterness and hatred or resentfulness inside of us. But we've already seen in our our study that one of the things I told everyone to do this week in preparing for the study is to look at everything John 13, 14, 15, and 16 had to say in regards to the subject of love. Jesus says, love those who hate you. Turn the other cheek. Love those who would persecute you and use you. We are to respond with love. Sometimes we want to respond with slapping them in the face. How well do you handle The offense that you encounter at the hands of a sinful world. The world's going to hate you. If you're of the world, the world would love you. But because you're chosen out of the world, the world's going to hate you. Look at verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they have kept kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me, hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which None other man did. They had not had sin, but now they've both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled, that it is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which is proceeding from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with with me from the beginning." But now, there's a lot there we could take apart. I want focusing on the world's going to hate you. And if they're going to hate you, I'm telling you, you're, in other words, you're living in a hostile environment. So sometimes Christians get greatly offended because what the world does, they get offended by what the world does. We get offended by what the world says. We get offended. We get bothered. We get upset. How should we handle that being offended? How how, how should we handle that offense? Now, go to chapter 16. This is where the word jumped out at me and got me thinking along these lines. Chapter 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Jesus has told them all of these things so that they would not be offended. Now, I saw the word "offended," and just because I was keep watching news article after, you know, all the news reports about Will Smith, Chris Rock. Will Smith was upset and he was offended. His wife was offended. He slapped Chris Rock. And, okay, and other people are offended at what Will Smith did, and other people are offended because uh, Will Smith was treated differently than other people, and everybody's offended. Everybody's offended. There's always everyone. People are constantly offended in our world. Everyone is offended. They're offended by jokes. They're offended by television shows. They're offended by this and this and this. Everyone is constantly offended. We live in a world of perpetual offense. Everyone is offended. Jesus gave them this so that they would not be offended. So what what, what does the word offended mean as it's used in John 16? Well, let's just do a little work really quick here. Let's go to the Blue Letter Bible app. You know, this is what I like to do for the Bible study exercises. I like to take you through each step. Blue Letter Bible app. I click on verse one, all right? And then here it is. You should, ye should be offended. That not ye should be offended, all right? What is the Greek word here for you should? Not not be offended. Here it is. Here is the Greek word. Are you ready? Here it is. Strong's G, 4624, skandalizo. Scandalizo. 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 That's a, a Greek word you can, can, can learn today. Scandalizo. Scandalizo. Now, Scandalizo is used 30 times in the King James. Again, Scandalizo. It's used 30 times. It means it's translated offend, make to offend. Scandalizo, the definition is, now th- this is interesting, to entrap. That's interesting, to trip up to stumble or entice to sin apostasy or displeasure Scondolizzo is the idea that if we become offended the idea of being offended can to can entrap us can cause us to stumble can entice us to sin apostasy or displeasure Scondolizzo, when you're when you experience being scondolizo, you you've been offended When you experience being offended, you listen, you can be entrapped, you can be tripped, you can cause to stumble, you can be enticed to sin or apostasy or displeasure. So let me ask you, how do you handle being offended? How do you handle it? Do you find yourself being entrapped? Do you find yourself stumbling? Do you find yourself being enticed to sin? Do you find yourself basically going to apostasy? Do you find yourself being displeased and finding yourself so discouraged and upset? Many Christians... Experience being greatly offended because something a Christian or church does. In many cases, they respond to that offense or being offended. No excuse for the one doing the offending. If the offend, obviously, if, the, if you're being offended because someone did something wrong, but it should not lead you to apostasy. It should not lead you to sin, but it can. The uh, it's used thirty times. The outline of biblical usage. Let's just go through the outline of biblical usage to put a stumbling block or impediment, and the way upon which another may trip and fall, All right? So you're, you're it's a stumbling block. It's an, impedium, an impediment, and you're Im- impeding someone. You're, you're, someone is trying to progress in their Christian life, and if they are offended and they don't handle the offense correct, they are going to be impeded by that. You can be enticed to sin, to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey, Sometimes because you are offended, you begin to distrust someone and you desert someone that actually you should trust and obey, but because you were offended. To cause to fall away. To be offended in one, see in another what I disapprove of and what hinders me from acknowledging his authority. To to cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly of another since one who stumbles or whose foot gets entangled feels annoyed to cause one displeasure at a thing, to make uh, indignant, to be displeased, indignant. Now, I want to go through all 30 uses. I want to go through all 30 usages of the word uh, scandalizo. I want to go through all 30 usages, but I I don't have the time to do that right now. But I would challenge you to look up every, every place in the New Testament where scandalizo is used and see how it is being used. What does the Bible say in regards to being offended? Now, let's go back to John 16. These things I have spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Jesus is trying to prepare them. The world is going to hate you. The world is going to despise you. The world is not going to like you. Now, here's what happens sometimes. First, let's look at it from this perspective. This can happen for especially young Christians, right? You're a young Christian, and you're like, okay, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to be a Christian. And the next thing you realize is everyone starts disliking you. In other words, you almost start feeling embarrassed to follow Jesus because, man, to to tell everyone that you're Jesus, you're being mocked. You're being made fun of. You're being looked down upon. People don't like you. You may be losing friends. And in a sense, you become offended with Jesus, you almost start looking, you almost, you you don't want anything to do with Jesus. You become offended with him. And therefore this offense, this feeling of being offended leads you to sin leads you to anger, with, you almost become angry at Jesus and anything dealing with Christianity because you were offended and how people treated you because you claimed to be a Christian. This can really happen to especially young people who claim to be Christian and they have to face the peer pressure of their, of their peers. They get, they get offended and they're like, that's it, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to follow this Jesus stuff. I'm tired of being embarrassed. It can serve as a, a trap. It, it, it can impede you in your Christian life. How do you handle being offended? Now, I'm just going to quickly mention. I I just want, I just, my goal here in this episode is just to throw some of these thoughts out to get people thinking. That's that's all I want to do right now, all right? There's, There's a part of me Oh, I, I want I I want to work on Jude tonight at, at, at 7 p.m. at church. I'm thinking now maybe I change my sermon because I think there's just I think this is a really, really, really important concept here that I that that this week just the whole world's talking about it. So it, 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 we may we may end up talking about this tonight. But I, I just found how many verses is this? I don't even remember here. Um there's a list here. I mean it may be close to a hundred. I don't think it's, maybe 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 50, okay, maybe 50, I don't know. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's a lot. And these are verses that supposedly pertain to the idea of offense or being offended. Now, the, I'm going to look at this one first. They have it in a different translation. Let me look at it first in the uh, King James. Let me look here, just see how radically different it could be. Because uh, I, I don't want to, uh, I want to see, I don't want to get into a whole discussion about Translations here. Let's look at, uh, let's look at, uh, see, I'm, if I'm saying Ezekiel, I apologize. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes. Let's look at this. Uh, okay, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Now, please note Ecclesiastes. We I don't. I don't always like pulling quotes from Ecclesiastes because the context. Remember, overall, the book is someone trying to figure out what the purpose and meaning of life is, and trying to figure out how to live life. But we do read these words here in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse twenty-one. Also, take no heed unto all the words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oftentimes, also thine own heart knoweth that thou self likewise hast cursed others. Let me read it in a different translation so it makes maybe a little bit that you can kind of catch it. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. In other words, don't get so bothered what everyone says because you need to realize that no matter what they may say, you've probably said or thought the same thing inside of yourself. So it's it's just telling you to have a correct perception. You know, you can get offended and bothered by what everyone else says, but you may want to get offended and bothered by what you have done, right? There, there's a whole thing we could talk about that. All right, um, Proverbs 19, 11, Proverbs 19, 11. Proverbs 19, 11. We read these words, Proverbs 19, 11. The discretion of a man is, Deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Read that again. Proverbs nineteen eleven. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory, it is his glory to pass over a transgression. The way they have it here in the, in the translation they have here. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to, to overlook an offense. Sometimes it is our glory to overlook an offense, not to become so offended and bothered. In other words, there are things that can be done to you that can bother you, but you cannot allow the offense to become a stumbling block, a trap, or to entice you to sin and apostasy. James 1.19, we all know this one. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to slow to speak, and slow to anger. You 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 can't every time you're offended we 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 got we got to say something we got to do something. Sometimes you just got to slow down, calm down, calm down, calm down. But we always want to respond, and sometimes our response is not biblical, it's not godly, it's not right. I've talked about it so many times. Many Christians will on Christian radio. They're upset about something. Joe Biden did, or liberal did, or whomever, and they want to respond to it. In many cases, they're offended, and and guess what they do? They allow that offense to become a trap, and so they start sinning, and their attitude and their words, there's nothing Christ-like about anything they're saying. Um, I'm looking, there's a lot here, okay? Um. Uh, Proverbs 9, 7 through 9, this, this is, could possibly, possibly be applicable. Proverbs 9, Proverbs 9, 7 through 9, Proverbs 9 verse 7, he that reproveth a scorner get to himself shame, he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot, reprove not a scorner. Lest he hateth thee, rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Again, it's the idea that that you uh, someone may scorn you, someone may do something, and sometimes you gotta know when just not to say anything. Sometimes it's best not to say anything, sometimes it's best not to respond. You gotta know when, you gotta catch, you gotta. I know this is a cliche, but it is very applicable to 2022. And I know it's an older saying, but don't feed the trolls. You got to know sometimes, like, you know, no, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to take the bait. Sometimes I have to do that on, on uh, YouTube uh, comments. Sometimes like, I'm going to, uh, uh, oh, and just don't take the bait. Just don't take the bait. Just don't take the bait. Just walk away. Just walk away. They're, they're, they're trying to stir up trouble. They're trying to stir up trouble. Now, usually the ones stirring up trouble think that they're the godly, righteous ones, but sometimes you just got to realize. don't. And it may maybe the comment offended, but you got to just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it, not going to do it, not going to do it. Proverbs eighteen nineteen. Proverbs eighteen nineteen. We read this. Proverbs eighteen nineteen. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Now I, we read it in a different translation. Um, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Like when someone is offended, they can become just, I mean, they become unreasonable and you can't, I mean, and you can't let that happen to you. How do you handle being offended? Now, G, now, Jesus was trying to warn them so that they would not become offended because this offense could make them, well, basically almost abandon Jesus or not with anything to do with him. Um, Proverbs twelve sixteen. Let me read it in the King James Proverbs 12, 16 There's a lot of scriptures here Proverbs 12, 16 Proverbs 12, 16 A fool's wrath is presently known But a prudent man covereth shame Now let me read this in a different translation So that you get an idea the vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent man ignores an insult. Sometimes it's good to ignore an insult. There's more here. I could stop. I, I mean, I could go on, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Um, we'll go back to John chapter sixteen. Go back to John sixteen. Look at John 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They will put you out of the synagogues. Uh, Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he's doing God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. He's warning them. You're going to be hated. You're going, you're going to experience lots of bad things that could make you offended. But this can be your undoing. This can lead to be spiritually detrimental to you, spiritually destructive to you. When you are, when you experience an offense, what's your, what's your go-to reaction? What is your go-to when, when you're offended because something your kids say, when you're offended because something your husband says, when you're offended because something someone at church said, when you're offended because something I say, when you're offended, what, what's your go-to? How do you respond to an offense? We have to find a way, and, and, and I think this is very important, Remember, I think every I, I, everything really comes back down to what Jesus spoke of, that, that to call to follow him is a call to die to self, deny self, and stop following self. Well, if you're dead to self, how can you be offended? If you're denying yourself, what is there to be offended about? I wish I could say that I'm there, but I'm not. I'm not. I'll I'll probably get an email in the next 15 minutes that's going to offend me. Hurt my feelings, make me mad, make me want to fight back. There was there was uh, I did a, an episode um about John of the Cross. And all the information I gave, I looked everything up. John the Cross, who he was, uh, the, uh, we read we read the poem that he wrote. Um, we referred to uh, the date he was born, the date he died. We talked to the fact that John of the Cross was a, a part of the Counter Reformation within Roman Catholicism, and it was just a a little like impromptu kind of church history lesson. And then I get a i get a someone post a comment on YouTube saying, "Hey, if we're gonna if you're gonna do something about history, at least get the history right." And then they bring in Paul of the Cross. And I'm like what what are you talking about what I didn't mention Paul of the cross I didn't mention anything referencing Paul of the cross, and they kept trying to argue that I was that somehow I was speaking about Paul of the cross that I got all my information wrong, but I wouldn't looked up to verify that I was right. I wouldn't looked up all the information about Paul of the cross Paul of the cross is not John of the cross, completely different, completely different dates of birth and death and and I try to keep pointing this out and the person on 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 who responded to YouTube? They they act they act like I didn't know what I was talking about, and I still to this day don't know what they were talking about, and it bothered me. I'm like, wait a minute, because they just showed up making all kinds of accusations, like I didn't know what I was talking about. Like they just assumed that I, I didn't really know anything about John of the Cross, that I didn't know about the Dark Night of the Soul, I didn't know anything about John of the Cross. Like I'm just I'm just clueless out there. I'm just foolish. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know anything. Uh, not clearly that don't know anything about me, don't know what I've read or haven't read, don't know that I went to a Catholic university to work on a degree in Catholic theology, so that when I spoke to Ca- about Catholic-related things, I could do so from a position of knowledge, not one of ignorance. I mean, that was just to go pursue a degree on something I didn't really need a degree in just so that I could be better prepared to talk about those related subjects. This person didn't know anything about me. and made an accusation, not only that I di- was historically wrong, that I had confused John of the cross with Paul of the cross and that I clearly didn't even know about the dark night of the soul that I like, I didn't even know the writings of John of the cross. And, and it's like, what like, it was so weird. And I got offended. I got offended. I'm just going to be honest with you. I got offended. I got offended. And I, I came very close to turning on the microphone and responding to it. I can't, I got, I got very close. To just doing a whole, pro, a whole program, I'm throwing a pencil across the room. I came very close to turning on the microphone going, hey, the John, uh, I was going to call it John of the cross confusion, right? Because I knew that if I posted it on YouTube, that person would see it, right? And then I could be like, hey, man, what are you doing? Why are you making these, like, what are you talking about, right? But I, it would almost be like the hope to somewhat, it would be, because I was offended, it would almost be to attack and almost belittle the person. Now the person never, you know, commented back. Okay, wait, wait, wait you, you're right. You, but, but the point is, is who cares if they? Who cares if they say that I was right? See, I was more worried about. I wanted them to say you were right and I was wrong. I wanted them to say that because I was offended. Because see, there was the, I had not died to self and was denying self. I was offended. Christians get offended constantly by something the world does, and then we want the world. I don't know what we want. We want the world to only do what we like. Well, how are we supposed to re- respond? Should We don't like it, but how should we respond? What's the correct response to being offended? What is the biblical response? Jesus didn't want them to become offended. Now, for primarily, he the reference there in John 16 is, don't... They're going to experience this hate, and then they can, in a sense, become offended by Jesus and don't want to be associated with Jesus and no longer, you know, basically walk away from Jesus, basically apostatize. That's the key, the context there. But I'm going to stop there because, yeah, I'm going to stop there. Yeah, because there's, there's some good stuff there to talk about. There really is. There really is. There really is. I, I may have to do this at church tonight. I'm going to see who shows up. I'm going to see who shows. Who shows up and will determine what I do tonight, all right? Because I think it's so practical. And, and there are some people who show up who I know don't listen to any of the podcast, so then I may want to benefit them. And I and I know you're going, I've already listened to it. Well, I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to make sure we we go a little. F- we'll we'll try to go a little. We'll try to go a little further. We'll try to. We'll try to detour a little bit to make it a little different than this, right? One of the things we'll do is we'll look up the the. Well, I, when we look up the Greek word, we'll look at all the. We'll try to start working through all thirty references, so just to, to get a better concept of it. Maybe we'll do that. Who knows? There's a lot of different directions we can go, but we will see. So. Um, that's, we may do that at 7 p.m., but for now it's 5.19, so I've got to get ready for this evening. So now I have two sermons. <laughs> I have two sermons ready to go. We will see. All right? Okay. Makes sense? All right, I hope so. All right. You can, I would love to get your thoughts on the whole idea of being offended. And if you want to tell me, what, what's your natural response when you get offended? Trust me. Look, if you're not offended right now, something's going to happen for the, in your home. Someone's going to offend you. Your kid's going to say something that offends you. Your husband's going to—you're you're going to get offended somewhere some, within the next 24 to 48 hours. What, what's going to be your response? Turn the other cheek? Love? Bless those who persecute you? Is it going to be this very godly response or is it going to be a very fleshly response? We typically respond to being offended in a fleshly way. So, all right. You can let me know your thoughts. News, if at yahoo.com. No one said anything in the chat. Let me check Discord. Make sure no one said anything in the Discord channel. Um, Okay. All right. There, uh, someone's asking a question in regards to predestination. I won't answer that here. I'll answer it uh, there in the Discord channel, right? So we'll we'll work on that in there, and then I'm going to get ready. And well, seven p.m. we'll be broadcasting live from Victory Baptist Church, and you can listen to us on the Church One app. That's Church O N E. Download it. Search for Theology Central. All right, everyone, have a great day. God bless.